to Jesus.
And a big amen to the singing today. How about you? Would you rather have Jesus? Yes. Amen. Let's appreciate the worship team once again this morning. They, they've just done an awesome job while we've been here. I'm, I'm telling you, every day I'm just growing more impressed with Sister Nagel. I, I didn't know that uh, she was an accomplished pianist as well as the other things she do. Uh, I've loved her as, as, our, as my Sunday school teacher. And to top all of that, you know, she, uh, she is George Nagel's... Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a good word to use here. <laughs> Better half, yes, but I'm, uh, we are just so appreciative. And it, it was so great to have Craig with us here on the drums today, too. Just everything's perfect. Well, I've, I've looked forward uh, to this time together with you today in the scriptures. Um, I shared with us the last time we met that uh, during the Christmas season, it's one of my favorite times in the world to preach uh, because... It's one of those moments that if this is not true, then there's not anything that we do that's true. And so as foreign and as difficult as it is for the world to believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us, that's central to everything we do and everything we believe and everything is false. So if you, have, if you have trouble with this time of the season with your faith, then you're going to have trouble all year long. But if you've been able to come to the point of faith that you say, yes, I believe, I believe, and you've joined the chorus of the saints for the ages that, that we understand and recognize and appreciate that unto you this day has been born a Savior, and Jesus Christ is his name. I want to read a text of scripture, and then I'm, I'm going to have Cynthia to play, uh, pray, uh, uh, not play pray, she's going to really pray. <laughs> And I have a video that I, I wanted the, the uh, sound team to prepare for us here in just a few moments. But the, the portion of Scripture that, that I'll be preaching from today comes to us from the book of Matthew. It's one of the passages of Scripture that often is just kind of skimmed over. Maybe sometime during the Christmas season you'll run across this. But it's the genealogy of Jesus Christ from Matthew chapter 1. I, I thought about reading the whole thing to us here today, but lunch is following. And <laughs> No, I know you all aren't in any hurry to go anyplace. We're going to be right here. But I want to read Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. It's kind of the summation of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David... Um, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. And then the first part of verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Cynthia, would you stand and pray for us today?
never to do. So, Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We join together in praise you. Our heart is overjoyed with praise you for you, for your love, your unconditional love, and that you're forever and always with us. Always. We are never alone. But you are leading and guiding. And, Lord, I always want my trust in you to take that next step where you have me go. Not only where I want to go, but where you have me to go. For it is perfect. It is perfect. So, Lord, bless this day. Bless your word. All that is to be done that you are glorified. And our hearts are singing and rejoicing in you because you are faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Cynthia. So they're, they're uh, keying up the video now. It's, this is entitled Christmas, His Nativity. And it just reinforces what I'll be sharing today from the scripture that this, this time of the year is not an accident, but it's a divine destined plan of God. So go ahead, guys, if you will. thought again that uh, as we know the theme of the New Testament that God would indeed so love the world that he would send his son and if we were picking the way and the plan how that would have happened this may not have been the way that we were chosen but as we live on this side of the unfolding of prophecy and revelation we understand that really this is the only way that ever would have worked God for us and so Today in this sermon, uh, I'll be revisiting our theme from last week that his name is Emmanuel, which interpreted as God with us. And how different it is that, uh, you know, what it means that rather than just being God, that his name was Emmanuel, God with us, but God for us and all the many ways in which he's visited in your life. That you could lend testimony to those that did in Sunday school today how that God came into your life. So as we begin here today in in Matthew chapter 1, I don't know if you've ever read the genealogy of Jesus Christ here. In particular, the one in the book of Matthew. It seems like, and, and most theologians that study the scriptures, when they look at the genealogy here... That Matthew's audience was intended for a Jewish nation. 
And, and so consequently, he was taking the approach and making sure that everyone was aware that Jesus Christ fit every prophetical statement about the coming king. Now, some, if you've looked at this, some would read and, and they would say, well, is there any significance in the 14 generations uh, you know, from uh, that that is separated here from Abraham to David in captivity. Uh, one person said, "Well, it, it, it's not so much fourteen, but it's two sets of seven, and then that adds up to the forty-two, and it means the launching of the of the last days." And you know, I'm I'm not going to go there with that. I, I I think it's probably more significant that that Matthew was saying everything that was prophesied. To the nation of Israel about Abraham is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He fits right in that lineage. You plug Jesus Christ in the equation of what was promised to Abraham and it's the only way that it works. And then the same thing about David. All the prophecies written about David's kingdom that the only way that that works is in the person of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ has to be plugged into the equation for it to work. As I said, most people look at genealogies and think how, you know, that's kind of boring, you know. But in, in the genealogy of Jesus, it's, it's a story. It's an unfolding story of how God so loved the world that he would give his only son. Same way that when you look at your genealogies, you're not looking at, you know, figures and dates and facts, but you're, you're looking at stories, and so if you all would cue up the, the uh, image here uh, of the, the, in the slide. So this probably don't mean a lot to you. But this is uh, the, some of the early beginnings of my genealogy. The, the uh, gentleman, I started to say older gentleman. He's actually a younger man. But in those days, everybody looked old. That was their house behind them. Uh, that's my grandfather, Frank Smith. Behind them is the house that the Smith family lived in. Sitting on my grandmother's lap is my father, Farrell Amos Smith. So the, the next slide. Uh, that's Farrell Smith, who is the son of Frank Smith. The next slide, please. So here, in, uh, this is my father, Farrell Smith. Holding me as an infant, uh, I'm named after my father, Farrell Amos Smith. I'm Gary Amos Smith. The next one, please. This is Gary Smith, uh, who is holding Michael Smith. Now, I didn't give Michael the name of Amos. He's not Michael Amos Smith. The next one, Michael has not given us an error yet. So you, we want to pause and have prayer this morning. For <laughs> Back to the next slide, which is our scripture again. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. It comes to us from Matthew chapter 1 verse 17 and the first part of verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. So as I shared with you as we started this journey this morning is that we, we are all so very well aware that this was not an accident. It, it wasn't just that Jesus accidentally dropped uh, uh, on the scene in Bethlehem uh, in a manger. Uh, the, the location was specific. It was 
prophetically announced. Uh, the, um, uh, the lineage of Jesus Christ wasn't an accident that he would be born to Joseph and Mary. It was a specific prophecy. It was very intentional, the plan of God. Everything about this, the, the time, the location, the place, everything again has such great significance to your story because somewhere in the plan and the heart of God would be that Jesus Christ would be plugged into history and that's the only way the whole thing makes sense. But for me, again, I, I can look at our genealogies. Um, uh, my, everything about the Smith family changed. And, and we can pinpoint to the very precise time on our timeline when it happened. The, my, my grandfather didn't grow up knowing Jesus. My father didn't grow up knowing Jesus. I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. We had the big old family Bible, you know, one of those uh, 16 by 24, whatever they were. They were about four inches thick. And uh, it really, I, I don't ever remember reading the Bible. Uh, we, the only thing I remember is in the middle of that where you had your family tree. But in 1974, in the month of February, Jesus Christ entered the Smith family. And nothing has ever been the same. What I want you to catch today is that Jesus Christ didn't only come to fulfill history in the sense of the Jews and that nation, but he came to fulfill your history and that his story must become part of your story. And if you've not yet plugged him into your genealogy, if there's not a time or a date or a place where you can pencil in, yes, right then and there is where I met Jesus Christ. And so Sister Nagel was wanting folks to testify this morning. I was glad she didn't call me out because I wanted to save mine for this morning. But I, I remember I, I was almost 18 years old and I knelt at an altar prayer in a little church in Mountain View, Missouri. And the grace of God appeared to me. And the one that gave his life, the, that God so loved that he would let his son die. And the whole account of the nativity fit right into my model and Jesus Christ became real for me. Now I'm hoping today and I'm trusting for you, I, I look at our uh, congregation today and I, I'm thinking maybe that everyone here is a believer today. If, you, if you're not, the great story or the great news about Jesus Christ and about the Christmas season is that he came for everyone and especially for you. But for, for the majority of us, maybe for all of us that are here today, this is a joyous season. Oh, this is, this is one of the highlights of all that we believe in, that, that as the shepherds rejoiced and the angels rejoiced and Simeon and Anna would later announce, this is the Christ child, this is the one that came to set us free. And this story, this story, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise or for this reason. His name will be Jesus. He shall be called Emmanuel, for he will save his people from their sins. In, in, the, in the middle of, of, I don't know what I'd call this the middle, because if I say that, you're going to be timing me, and I'll be on a timer maybe for the next 15 minutes. But I have another video. When, when I think about how that Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, emphasized that he came to be the king of the world, came to be king of your life, and that you are now part of this lineage and this heritage. There's a, there's a sermon, an ancient sermon by a gentleman named M.S. Lockridge that I thought it would be worthy for you to hear a couple of minutes of that sermon this morning. So if you guys are ready to cue up this video. I wonder do you know it? My king.
Amen. Amen. Well, if I could have preached it that way, I wouldn't have shown that video. But how powerful. That's all like a, a moment to break through with a shout here today. But central to who you are and central to what you believe is that history indeed has been fulfilled and all the scriptures, everything that was written about him, Jesus Christ fulfilled that and he indeed has become King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I wanted to share some scriptures with you today again that it was not accidental that Jesus Christ came from Matthew chapter 1 again. This is called the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. The son of David, the son of Abraham. We find in First Chronicles chapter 17, and it shall come to pass. This is a prophecy, again, referring uh, to, the, to the kingdoms that would yet come. And it shall come to pass, when thy days be expired, that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom." He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him that was before thee. But I will settle him in mine house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore. Coming to us from Isaiah 9, ninth chapter, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Genesis chapter 12 from the covenant with Abraham. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Galatians chapter 3 tells us that these promises had not been fulfilled until Jesus Christ was plugged into the genealogy of Israel and was plugged into our history. Galatians 3 and 13. Christ hath redeemed us. From the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So now I shared all those verses to bring us back to Matthew chapter 1. The genealogies precede us in the first 17 verses of Matthew chapter 7, or Matthew chapter 1. And verse 18 begins this thought. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, 
Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So for these next few moments, I want to expound on the thought of Jesus Christ being king. Uh, the, The whole genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 is to reinforce the great scriptural thought that Jesus Christ just didn't drop out of the air But it was a plan of God. It was a very intentional design that he was born king of the Jews. It was not an afterthought, but that all along the promises made unto Abraham, the author of the book of Galatians says that that covenant and that promise is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, that he was born to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. But then in in Matthew chapter 1, it takes up this additional thought. That his name would be called Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. So most kings are not worried about being your savior. They're not worried about saving you. They're worried about you being their savior. And so this is a whole different concept again of Emmanuel being among us or God being among us, but God being with us or God being for us. And so this king that was plugged into the history of Israel and needs to be plugged into your history, he came to be our savior, not the flip side, the way that most see that savior. Now, Israel certainly needed a savior. There were several fronts on where they needed a savior, much like today. When, when, if you, their financial situation, they needed a financial savior. I, I, I tried to, to figure out what their average tax, uh, what, what their tax percentage would have been. Some of the best estimates said it may have been around 40%. The thing that you need to remember about them is that when, when they, uh, when they would go to a tax collector, he wouldn't so much tax them on what they had but or on what they uh, made, but on what they had left. And so they were left with very little to live on. On top of that, if you were a good faithful Jew, you had a temple tax. And so the, the point I want you to catch is they had nothing. Uh, uh, the, the, I mean, it was just almost unheard of that anyone would have anything. They were very impoverished. Uh, they had a huge debt. When I was studying, preparing for that today, I, I thought, well, we, we know a little bit about debt. We live in America. Uh, our, our national debt is almost $34 trillion. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that most of us can't even really wrap our thinking around how much money that is. Here, here's one good definition of, of maybe help you think a little bit. That if, 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 you, were, if you were going to pay down the national debt... And so moving forward, there would be no additional interest that would accrue on this. And we would think that we, okay, we've balanced our budget. And so if we paid a million dollars an hour, okay, so follow this thought here. One million dollars an hour, it would take us 3,750 years to pay off $34 trillion. 
It's, it's, it's never going to happen is the point I made. So, so you talk about staggering depth, but what we see unfolding in, in the Christmas nativity and the story is that we had a much greater depth and that we were separated from God. And if there's ever anyone that needed a savior, we needed them because of our great sin debt. And I'm so thankful for our Sunday school lesson today about the power of repentance where God would love you enough that he would beckon you and call you. And he would wipe the slate clean with the giving of his dear son, Jesus. So your debt, your sin debt is paid because of the one that was born king of the Jews decided, I'm going to be your savior and I'm going to rescue you and I'm going to save you and I'm going to take care of your sin debt. And you say, well, preacher, you don't know my sin debt. No, I don't. But I know your Savior. And I know that grace is greater. And I know that His blood washes away a lifetime, a multitude of sin. And He's got you covered today. He came to be that. So plug Him in today into your life. Let Him be the center of your genealogy. Let Him be the founding father of everything that moves forward in your family. Because He came to be that Lord and King and Savior in your life. Israel really, really needed, um, uh, there was a huge social divide during the time of Jesus and his birth. You, you, you don't have to really read between the lines in the New Testament. You know the Jews and the Samaritans get, didn't get along. You know the Romans were hated. On, on every front, again, there was great division. Slavery was just a normal part of life. There, there was economic division. There, there certainly was political division. Divorce was so rampant. Again, that is one of the major questions I ask him that they're just divorcing for any cause at all. Should this be allowed? On every front, again, there, there was social divide, and so they needed someone to set that right. Again, we don't have to look to history for that problem today. Everything around us is falling apart, and, and we're crying to the Lord. And again, while sometimes we can wring our hands and wonder how in the world this is going to happen, I'm preaching to us today, this morning, that Jesus Christ came to be the Savior of the world. He saves the world and He'll save your world if you'll only believe and trust in the Christ child or the Christ King of the nativity. There absolutely was a political divide, a huge divide. In fact, as, as you've studied the scriptures, they were sure that when, when Jesus comes into, into Jerusalem on, on the donkey, on the foal of a donkey, and the, the crowd is crying out, Hosanna to the son of David, that they were sure that, okay, the day has come, that, that Roman oppression is going to be gone. But Jesus Christ came to rule in a different way. And all the, all the baggage that you carry, all the baggage that I carry... We live in a fallen world, and, and the fallenness of this world sometimes weighs heavily on us, and sometimes the burdens are so much that we don't know what we're going to do. But I'm mindful of the Scripture again, where Jesus, our King, says, Come unto me, all you that labor, and are he- all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and give them to me. And so again today, Jesus Christ came to be that King in your life. He came to be your Savior not for you to save and rescue his kingdom. There, there were so many divides. Someone wrote, and, and I wanted to read this to you, says that if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. 
If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, and God sent his son. I'm still overwhelmed and overpowered with that, and I'm stirred not only emotionally but deep within my heart today that God would love me enough that he would be my king and my Lord and my Savior. Again, Jesus Christ came to do that for you. I, uh, some, some people, uh, again, because we don't always recognize the significance of it, the day that we're saved, but some people can take you to the very moment, the very hour, and they pencil that in, they celebrate that just like a birthday. But I would su- suggest to you that that's the most important date in your genealogy, the date that you came to know Jesus Christ. And that's the reality and the great significance of this day, of this Christmas season, is that unto you has been born in the city of David a Savior. Make him Christ your Lord. I want to take just a few moments. We're going to be praying here in just a little while. When we understand how intentional God was about his plan with Jesus, that it wasn't an accident, but it fit every every little nook and cranny of every prophetic word, Jesus Christ fit that. I, I, I was trying to remember uh, someone wrote and studied it that there were over 490 prophecies that were fulfilled when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem in a manger. The point being made here today is that it wasn't an afterthought. It's very intentional. And so it's not like that, that for us that it becomes an afterthought, that when it's convenient or when it's right, but very intentionally we have to make him Lord of our life. Very intentionally, uh, I hesitate to use the word methodically because it almost factors out the equation of how, what a spiritual choice this is. But very intentionally today, you have to set your design that I am going to live for Jesus Christ and I'm going to proclaim him as King and Lord. Yeah. I have one more video that I want them to queue up and get ready to play. And, and it is, again, the song Emmanuel. So after, after we um, have this song, Sister Nagel, if you wouldn't mind making your way to the piano, and we're going to have a season of prayer here in the front of the church today.
Perhaps you have some familiarity from the scriptures about this season. The shepherds journeyed to Bethlehem because the angel appeared unto him and said, Go to Bethlehem and you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Uh, we understand the, the, the wise men, the magi from the east, traveled because they saw his star. And when they found the Christ child, they worshipped him. The, the song said, uh, o, uh, o Manuel, come. And this morning at our time of dedication or prayer in this service, I thought that perhaps that you could go in your mind to when Emmanuel came to you. Maybe you can go back and think of the specific location. Cynthia didn't share her testimony, but I, I believe it was at a uh, crusade Elwood Matthews was holding in Kansas City. You were seven years old, is that right? So, Cynthia, how this would look is that today as we get ready to come and worship him, just as the shepherds did, just as the wise men did, that Cynthia will be traveling back in her mind to that crusade may not have a great memory. Uh, she may have a full memory about that. I don't know. But for me today, when I come and make, make my presentation of thanks to the Lord, I'll be traveling to that little church that I spoke about earlier. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. And, you know, this doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not asking for a great big publication and you to come here and, you know, and however, however long that you want to do this, but I think how appropriate and how God-honoring that we would practice the reality of the Scriptures that unto us, unto you today, has been born a Savior. And as the shepherds acknowledge that, as the wise men acknowledge that, as the Gospel of Matthew acknowledged that it wasn't an afterthought, it wasn't an accident, but He came to fulfill everything. He came to be King and Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to feel you today. What a, what a great day it's already been, Lord, as we worshiped you and sang to you and felt your presence, Lord, in worship and prayer. And Lord, how wonderful and powerful your word is. It is ever true. And today, Lord, as we just prepare to gather as a church, as a family, here in, this, in the front of this building, it's to acknowledge that we acknowledge you have come for us. You're our Lord and you're our Savior. And we celebrate that, Lord. We, we still are overwhelmed, but we celebrate it, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name. So church, if you will, just to make your way here to the front of the building, you don't have to pray out loud. I, I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. If that's how you pray, that's great. Just make your way here, if you will, as acknowledgement that the Savior has come to me. He's come to me. He's rescued me. He's become my Savior and my Lord. And we're just going to gather here and spend a little time in the Lord's presence. Whatever feels the most comfortable to you. And if you're here today and you're not saved and you've not been able to make this declaration, we welcome you here. Oh, let, today will be the first of your memory. When you go back in the years to come, this will be your memory spot. But let's rejoice together today. Praise God. Thank you, O oh Lord. Father, we just thank you again for these that are standing this morning in your presence as an acknowledgement of your divine providence, Lord. You rescued us. We needed a Savior, Lord. We couldn't pay our sin debt, Lord. 
We, for, we were forever estranged from you, Lord. We couldn't reconcile ourselves back to our Father. But, oh, Lord, you came. You came and rescued us. You have, you have become our Savior and our Lord, and you will be our King, Lord. And, and right now, Lord, we worship you as that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for these that are standing, Lord, particularly in this Christmas season, Lord, that we declare to anyone that will listen that we believe that we believe the nativity. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe in your power to rescue yet today. And we thank you, Lord. You fit every prophecy, Lord. But, oh, God, you fit in our life as well.